let's get started before we wind up forcing me to drop like edit out fucking 25 minutes of banter we can't use the dog's not gonna do it sorry right, take, let the dog in. you had to let the dog in yeah no let the dog in he uh he was knocking at the door oh yeah what are you well, doing, can't be having... come here 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 Nippy. 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 Yeah. You probably thought I had some food or something down here. That's episode of the diary of doom patreon bonus podcast show endeavor thing whatever you want to call it we're going to insert a little uh explanation of it right here for you so enjoy that well you've paid the toll to get into this podcast hole when diary of doom first started off one of our segments was to speak at length about a specific band from the scene regardless of notoriety that sort of went away as more and more bands wanted to come on the show. So the Patreon is going to become the hub of band and music discussion from a purely fan perspective. Uh, we'll be dropping new episodes the first of each month with a new band and guests per episode. Um, so kind of like the main show, just with uh, less frequency. Uh, don't be shocked if you see an episode dedicated to stoner comedy, feature a seemingly random guest or something else unexpected. I am, after all, only human and have other interests beyond doom metal, so if I think of something stupid, it will probably show up here. The Patreon ultimately is going to be the new home for broader music discussion and whatever my drug-addled brain decides to share with you, faithful supporter. And just to quickly break down the three current tiers, for two bucks, you'll join the legion of stoner rock goobers and provide general support. Uh, for $5, you are all for recreational riffs, and you'll get a shout-out on the regular show as a Stoner Rock Goober, as well as get access to the monthly bonus pods and the Patreon feed. And for $7, you'll hit the Burrito Metal tier, and you will have the chance to vote in exclusive polls to help us decide which bands we will be discussing in the bonus pods, as well as other shit. And this is a preliminary thank you to any and all Patreon supporters, and I really hope you enjoy the bonus content. Also apologize if I repeated anything in the following segment. And now that we've got that out of the way, um, we're going to be trying to focus on talking about bands and sort of analyzing the you know, their output their legacy, if they're uh, if the band is uh, no longer active, but you know they left a big impact or something like that, and uh, probably going to be mostly having uh, repeat guests that have been on the show before previously. So you'll probably recognize some of the names that pop up. Uh, obviously, a go-to for the first couple, August West, most off-returning guest on the show. So thank thank you for helping me out with this. Appreciate it. I'm flattered as always to be invited onto the show 
and um, I am totally excited to be here, even though I don't not like yelling and screaming, but I'm actually, you know, really excited. On the inside, you are. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I'm, I'm and on the outside. I love coming on here. I love chatting music with my friends. Anytime I get to do it, I really, really appreciate it. That's it. Yeah, and it's and it's been a little <laughs> while since you've been on. It has actually. I think. Um, what is the last thing we did? We the. Uh, was it like April? Weed eater. Yeah. Was I it think the so. weed eater? Uh, uh, I listening think so. thing. Yeah, I which think is so. great. We should do more of those. They went awesome. Oh yeah. Well, there will definitely be some uh, four twenty uh themed content pop content Ugh, i hate that word uh <laughs> podcasts uh popping up down the road you know probably like some you know a return to like you know maybe the world of the evil bong or nice. you know some something like that um the, 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 that kind of bullshit can be expected you know uh, i would you know prepare to be uh surprised there could just be some other random nonsense that pops up uh, along the way but yeah, so the for this first uh, episode, we're going to kick off uh, talking about um, the band Sour Vein. They're, uh, well, I should get my information up here. So I've, I've spent the last day and today going through most of their uh, discography and um, kind of what I, uh, my f- first comment about Sour Vein is like beyond their music and like the band members and all that is that it's kind of tough to track down some of their songs on the web. Like they don't have a complete discography on Spotify. Um, I didn't really look at Bandcamp. I don't know what the situation is there with them. And uh, they're just not really a band that you hear from very often. You know, they're just, they're pretty quiet. They don't really have super active social media channels, you know, Mm -hmm. um, the dudes aren't just like doing whatever. So like, I don't really know what they're up to, but they're, uh, you know, obviously they're a mainstay, but they're sort of like, I don't know. They're like one of those bands that seem to like when they pop up, everyone gets really excited. But when they disappear for a while, no one's really kind of surprised. They do kind of like speculatively exist. Like, a, yeah. like, a yeah, that's, they are one of those bands. That's funny. We could do a whole podcast on bands like that. You know, I mean, most of those like, bands make up like the stuff that we listen to. I think <laughs> there's, like, yeah, a, there's a decent true. chunk of them anyway. Like, it's just even funnier too. Like, uh, I like I referred to um, Wikipedia and the uh, the internationally known uh, stoner web uh, reference guide, Riffpedia. Uh, and I thought it was pretty funny that it seemed like half of the paragraph started with at some point regarding sour veins existence like just just at some point this person left the band at some point they got into the studio and recorded this album like there's just such a lack of like specific dates and like times and ideas of like who was even like in the band at at certain points which kind of gives me the impression that like this was never gonna be uh, like a like a a major main dog (laughs) dog we have a dog um (laughs) thing and then but they also toured a lot right yes. yeah like, yeah they, they, they did play shows yeah yeah they have play shows yeah yeah i know they played like roadburn you know um, they played psycho um they played a bunch of festivals and obviously they you know toured with a bunch of the bands from around in and around that area like the cape fear region so i mean mm-hmm. you know which makes sense you know given the fact that the main person in the band t-roy is dixie dave's cousin so um, at one point, 
he also T Roy also did. I read that he also did uh, sampling for Buzz Oven. So just like you know, all those oh. disgusting bands. Like he did. Like he helped doing the sample board at their live shows, which I think is kind of interesting that they had a live uh, sample board. I feel like a lot of people would just sort of play the fucking songs and be be done hmm. with it, but they did that. Um, you know, that one Buzz Oven song would not hit if it wasn't for the Taxi Driver sample. At a loss. I, I, I you like that the, song. At a loss. Yeah, of course. It's yeah. Amazing. Like if it, I like the one. With, I like the one with Jaws. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That yep. one's really good. Yep. Uh, I, I, you know, I didn't know that either that they ran the samples live, which is great too, because like, that's a little bit of a loss. Well, no, some bands do it. It's, but it's cool. You know, it's cool. I think. Well, it's just easier to do it now because I'm sure, like, you don't even have to like. I'm sure the sound guy or whoever's doing it, they just be like, here, play this thing at this time. Did you know that Nile, that that death yeah. metal band, Nile? Yeah, I've seen back Nile. In, Nile's pretty day, fucking rad. Yo, they are so good. Back, I've seen them a bunch of times. Back in the day, they used to play, I don't know if they still do it, but the, all those samples and stuff, because their 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 music has like a lot of samples and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they uh, played those all live with the dude had a midi pickup on his guitar and he used to like play the samples like through his pedal board and on like with his guitar yeah i think that's what getty lee used to do oh okay yeah i'm pretty sure like he does that and i think like uh i think like wata from boris does that i'm sure like, oh okay of, i'm sure all of boris does that <laughs> oh yeah there you go yeah yeah but yeah, like I, I think I read somewhere like when I was a lot more into Rush, uh, that uh, I think in like some of their songs, that ha- especially like the songs in the '80s that have like all those synthesizers, like Getty Lee used a lot of like you know MIDI. What is it, MIDI pedal? I'll tell you what I was speaking of. The the dude from Nile had a. It's MIDI is the company, and it's yeah. it's a pickup that was underneath his other. Like it wasn't part of the guitar. It was like a, it looked like it was even maybe even suction cupped underneath the strings and or attached somewhere underneath the strings. And a wire ran into his pickup, uh, his uh, um, jack, it, you know what I mean? Where he would plug the guitar and then he had like a double jack. And one went to the amp and another had like a thing on it. And then he would have a laptop on stage that he would set up everything before uh the show and it would like you know it would just be part of his guitar sound and like it was so he so so they're one of those bands that likes to go for like the the full experience like yeah you might have heard like some you know some string pieces or whatever on the album but we're not going to do that so he's at least giving you like the whole the whole package of the song there which is pretty cool Yeah. yeah um and then there's like bands like mortician that just play the samples like on a CD from the sound man. Yeah. <laughs> and they just count it off afterwards. Go. Oh yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. There's, uh, did I tell you about that? Uh, this is very quickly turning into the death metal podcast, but did I tell you about that band VHS? <laughs> no. Oh, they're awesome. They're a, they're a Canadian death metal band and all of their albums are just, you know, movies and what? pop culture references. And they put out two albums this year and one of them is like a vampire themed one. And they have all these like samples from it, including a Krusty the Clown sample. 
And when I say this year, like this episode will be coming out in 2022. I'm talking about 2021. We're recording this ahead of time, obviously. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But I'm that's for you know the listener. Um, but yeah, they put out two albums in 2021, and yeah, all the samples are fucking hilarious and awesome. Huh. I'll have to check that out. Um, yeah, I would strongly recommend it. And and I think and the record they put out in 20 2020 and I think the year before that in 2019 too was really, I don't know, whatever. I'm sure they had them out. But anywho, Niles great. Really dig them. Uh they were I think they played. I don't know. I I think they already played. I think they got their it was like bumped a year or whatever. But yeah, I've seen them. They're really good. That dude is a ridiculous player. He's just like this short little dude. Yep. He's just like fucking he like shreds a million miles an hour. You're like, yeah. oh my goodness. But it's so heavy. It's, it's and like he just wears ass. like fucking like... cargo shorts. Mm-hmm. Yep. He was he was always wearing like that back in the day. He even he just he looks the same as he did back in the day. He looks like he hasn't aged in a minute. <laughs> it's, excuse like, me, it's really funny. Yeah, I shook um, his hand one time. He like crushed my fucking hand. Like, he, oh, yeah, he yeah. seems like a like a like small but still large man. Yeah, he is. He's like a little bulldog. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, obviously, in addition to uh, T. Roy, like, don't know fucking anything else about. Um, I believe his name's Troy. That's why they call him T. Roy. Well, that would um, make sense. Uh, I don't. As a, again, other than him being Dave's cousin, I really know nothing about the man, which is good on these folks, by the way, because that's the kind of life I want to lead. You know, I don't <laughs> want everybody knowing about my shit. You know what I mean? I want people to be like, oh, what's that? Yeah, uh, exactly. But okay. it, so I, anyway. I, I thought he was the guitarist and the uh, vocalist. He might have wrote. Actually, no. He's He wrote music and riffs for the band. I know this because it says that on the Emerald Vulture. What do you call it? Liner notes for Emerald Vulture. It says that he wrote those riffs. Gotcha. Some of okay. those riffs. Obviously, the other big people in the band were Liz Buckingham, who would go on to be uh, well. She was also in Thirteen, which is a pretty kick-ass mm-hmm. band too. And obviously, Electric Wizard. But this is where she cut her teeth. Like this in Thirteen was where she cut her teeth, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And Henry Vasquez, who would go on to drum for Vite, Saint Vitus, The Obsessed, Spirit Caravan, The Skull. And Orange Goblin, and so I'm pretty sure, sh- and it said in 2019, so I'm pretty sure I saw that really? New York City show, and that was you when mean- he had to step in because their drummer couldn't get into the country for, like, some fucking really arbitrary reason. Like, he just got mm-hmm. his visa denied. There's a band, too, one of Henry's bands, too, that I don't think you mentioned that are amazing, called Blood of the Sun. Oh, you yeah, that I band? saw them on there. I have, I have not, <laughs> I've, so I've, I mean, I've heard of them just because I read about them. It's like ZZ Top with like keyboard, real heavy keyboard organ okay. emphasis, you know? It's like fucking awesome. Kind of like Clutch, you know? Like Clutch with the organ, like, you know what I mean? Like kind of like, but more ZZ Top-ish, if that makes sense. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, Sour Bean is fucking amazing. Like, I tell you, the they're one of those bands that like, um, how can I put this? I don't know. They scratch an itch. Yes. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? They they scratch an itch. There's a they have a kind of a very abrasive but kind of warm and you know not so. I know what you mean by scratch the itch because like it the the music is not necessarily like reinventing the wheel, but 
they're a band that does it really fucking good. And yes. like you can, I mean, you know, they they do the, like I hate God riffs for sure. They're not a weed eater band, like you know, which is which is pretty fucking hilarious that they're not like yeah. that kind of it. You know, they're more of that, they're they're more riffy than weed eater is, I think. You know, there's there's definitely more like song structures and and whatnot. There's not it's not mm-hmm. just like a ton of bass feedback and like you know weird i mean well i've never seen them so i I can't i can't speak for what the stage uh presence is like but they seem like a band that would probably fucking bring it he's got like more of a like mike nine type kind of voice you know it yeah but uh i made a note about it like yeah he's got sort of a mike nine pike hybrid voice it's lower than mike's and it's guttural but it has uh or it's lower than than pike's and it's guttural but it has the drunk goblin whale that mike nine does so well Mm, you know what i mean like it's just it just sounds grimy and nasty and gross Mm -hmm. like it, it, it like hits it's all the right notes. You know what I mean? Yep. And, yep. and there's a, a few uh, out of their discography. Um, a few of the albums hit really well with me, like hit really, really hard with me that I really like. Um, well, I, they're also just a fucking weird band too. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they have this weird aquatic theme going on that well, like that's the last album yeah but it's, it's so it's so strange like it's very odd and there's there's signs of that obviously beforehand but it's i don't know it's not something well, i, I tell would you what here well, that neck of the woods <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get to the we'll get to yeah, that we'll, we'll get, get to the there. new album right but but i'll tell you because their earlier stuff right is a lot more straightforward and it's kind yes. of more southern rocky almost like it's even got like a little bit of a southern rock feel like that dirty south shit yeah. you know but with the um, definite like hardcore influence yeah which is you know amazing because they keep like evolving a little bit with each album you know what i mean or not each album but like they, they do go through they've changed their sound a little bit even though they still sound like obviously the same band they yeah. have evolved with each album and uh, each kind of phase with them like there's definite changes in sound from the first time and then when like uh imperial bastard came out that album that was like one of their full lengths called imperial bastard actually it's an ep and it had like this pirate is it an ep okay yeah well, it's, it's got one this of the, pirate one of the three got, eps all right it's got a pirate on the front and it's badass <laughs> shit was badass and it sounded a certain kind of way and when like emerald vulture came out that definitely sounded like a certain kind of way it had a certain sound to it and that in my opinion emerald vulture is like the slowest i think they ever play uh liz i know is on that record and uh no she's not actually oh really i don't think my whole life i went my whole life thinking that um i could yeah okay Uh, i i'm gonna i'm gonna just confirm that uh via via uh metal archives okay uh nope she was not on that it was uh oh okay i was fucking it doesn't actually even say who played the drums here hmm (laughs) i love it i love this uh t-roy medlin vocals in parentheses vo kills with a k (laughs) 
It's <laughs> pretty funny. And that and and the 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 liner notes for Emerald Vulture are great. They it says I remember it says rest in peace ODB because he had died the year it came out. And I was <laughs> like, they were old dirty bastard this fans. Fucking bit. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this band kicks ass now even more for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I what was did like so? Where did you start with them? I mean, did you you had my you friend Kyle, them? my friend and Kyle, you, and you've seen them? them? No, I've never seen them. You've my never my seen friend them? Kyle okay. played no. My 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 friend Kyle, uh, who is, you know, probably the greatest like uh, person like. You know, like what do you call it? people like us that just love music and listening to new music, like music nerds, I guess. You could yeah, call a music nerd. Like music nerd. He's the biggest like, music nerd you ever saw in your life. This dude's got a, a CD collection that is in probably in the hundreds of thousands, and he's got a really decent vinyl collection with a lot of like good good stuff. He's he's a hardcore collector, and uh, he used to, we used to play uh, he used to play guitar in my band. In the band of Whitrun, uh, old Doom band, and uh, a lot of the bands that I love and listen to came from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like the one out of a crew, the first one out of our crew had a car, so like he was like, we would like get to go everywhere. Kyle, <laughs> he had the half stack in his bedroom, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, Kyle, yeah, that's where I heard about them. I uh, wish I got to see them. I mean, maybe they could to, play. Maybe again. I get the will. Yeah, that's true. As of today, I'm concert ready. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I mean, I would. I hope they would come back. Well, based on what I read, the current lineup of the band is T. Roy, a guy named Hefe. I don't know who that is, and <laughs> Lou G, aka Lou Gora of New Jersey's Halfway to Gone. Oh. Yeah, he's in that. And supposedly Ramsey from Weed Eater on drums, but maybe that's just live. Maybe they just don't have a drummer and they just are going to get whoever. Oh. But I don't know how true that is. So don't take my word for that. That's just based yeah. on what I read on the internet. Right. But uh, supposedly there's a fifth album in the works. They probably said that like, you know, a year or two ago and yeah. no one's updated the Wikipedia since then. <laughs> so, but supposedly there will be a Sour Vein release at some point in the future. I like how that last album came out. It was produced by Mike Dean, by the way. Shout out to Mike Dean. Yeah, I'm liking I, all my stuff on Facebook lately. And I fucking haven't been making my cheeks red every time I, I see it. Anyway, but uh, Mike Dean produced it. And uh, it sounds completely different than, you know, like anything else that they've done. Like when I first heard it, I was like, what is this? I was like, is this the same band? I was like, this is. I mean, it's good. It took me a minute to like really get into it. Um, and there's that one song on there that's really good, actually. The Avian song. It's like the one, it's like there's a song about birds. It's yes. all like songs about water, but there's that one song about birds. It's a song about birds. And it's really gay. Yeah. Well, we'll get there. We'll, we'll run through it. Um, so, like, I, oh, right. so, like, I listened to as much as I could. Like I said, some of the stuff was like kind of tricky to track down. So I imagine like, I imagine like if you were at the store and you saw a copy of Emerald Vulture, you'd probably buy it, you know? Hell yeah, like, I would. It seems like a thing you would buy. It'd be like if you saw like a grief record, you know what I mean? Yeah, hell yeah. I'd buy it in two seconds. 
But so I listened, the only stuff I didn't listen to were the splits they did. They did a lot of splits, like Church of Misery, I know was there. Like, let me see who else is, who else they did some splits with. They did splits with uh, Rabies Case, Church of Misery, two with Church of Misery. Uh, And oh, they did one with Graves at Sea. That band is really good. Oh, yeah, that band's good. That band is really fucking good. Yeah, they're heavy. Um, so they have like a pretty extensive, um, you know, discography and they've been around for basically like just about what, 20, 20 or so years, a little over 20 years. They've been a band. That's pretty fucking rad. If you ask me. Yeah. Agreed. You know, for them to, I'm sure like they'll pop up somewhere and people are just going to be like, what? Sour vein. Yeah. And plus the name of the band is awesome. it is. It's a great. That's band a name. great name. Sour That's a great, vein. dude. How great of a name is that for a fucking sludge band? Holy fuck! It sounds like an insult. It's like, ah, oh, you're being I know, such a sour vein, man. Yeah, I. But I, it I, also uh, sounds like you know. I'm assuming like it has some drug reference, possibly. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, but uh, the first maybe month I heard, I was listening to them when like uh, I first heard that Dirty South album. Mm-hmm. I was actually pronouncing the. <laughs> I was actually pronouncing the name of the band Sovereign. <laughs> and then I looked at it and I was like, wait a minute. I was like, that doesn't say Sovereign. It says Sour <laughs> I was go- I was going around telling people about Sovereign. I bet you Sovereign is like a fucking real band. And I'm sure it's oh, like it's either really... Like some Swedish, no, I was Swedish some, uh, some, power metal. Uh, uh, yes. I, I was going to say prog rock, but I think you're right. Power oh. metal. <laughs> we are Sovereign! Yep. This song is called Heavy Metal Thunder and Lightning. <laughs> it is an original, <laughs> but hardly original. And they have these swords and the, the bear panties, like, you know. The, the like bear, the, yeah, like Man of War. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that band. You ever seen their bass player? Was he the pedophile? No, I think it was a drummer. Well, I don't know. Actually, I can't say, but I... I, I I believe that was the drummer, but anyway, the bass player, one of the bass players, uh, the one guy I saw, I I went down like a tiny little rabbit hole just because I saw him playing this thing, and I was like, what the fuck is that? He plays like a bass that's got like an ultra skinny neck, and it looks like a broomstick. Google the bass player from Manowar. Look at the picture of the guy's bass. Look at it. Look at his bass. It looks like a damn. It might even only have Oh, yeah, you're right. It is super thin. It's weird looking, right? I was like, what is that? It, I think it might only have like, does it have four strings on it? Still? You see four tuning pegs uh, at the top? Yep, it's only got four. Wow. Manowar bassist Joey DeMeo, Joey of Mayo, uh, launches Words of Power podcast. Yeah, I won't be fucking listening to that. Oh, oh maybe he'll be talking about his bass though. Eh, I'm good. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> solid there. Let's go back to talking about it. <laughs> That's funny. Anyway. If somebody was like, I'm going to give you um, free passes to Manowar for the rest of your life, and somebody said, uh, like, every single Manowar show free, and somebody many- was like, uh, I I will give you one ticket to see Sour Vein for free once, I would absolutely just pick Sour Vein. I would not want to go see Manowar for the rest of my life. <laughs> I would definitely take the Sour Vein ticket, too. Uh, I want that to be known. Although I probably know at least one guy that would take the Man of War ticket. Oh, I'm sure. 
I'm sure. I'm talking about you, Blake. You know I'm talking about you. Respect, brother. I don't brother. know who that is. He's my friend, Blake. He likes, he loves Manowar. He went to, he actually saw them in Iceland. That's pretty cool. He like went and saw, and I, I believe it was Iceland, and it was like the northernmost point, like a concert ever like took place, I think, or something. Of course. Something. And it was it. It was it. How far north do you have to go to become the true son of darkness? Do you have to go all the way to yes. the top of your head? That was me so quoting Abbott. from Manowar. Oh, that was me quoting Abbott. Oh, is that what he says? Yes. <laughs> you have to go all the way to the top of your head. Anyway, um, so, uh, you know, starting with the first one, came out in 2000. I don't think this is like their best album, but I totally see why it got people's attention. And if I listened to this in 2000, I'd probably just have like shit myself, to be perfectly honest. I would have been like, what, what the fuck is this? What was the name of the... Uh, it's just a self-titled. A self-titled one? What's the album called? I'm sorry, I'm willfully unprepared. What is the album called? Real quick. Let's see. <laughs> I gotta just... That'll jog my memory and see if I, I heard it. Because the Oh, it's the one... It's it uh, maybe like the thing that hasn't held up best. It's like a, it's got like a native American dude on it. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. I have yeah. heard that, but I didn't, I heard that after cause the first one I heard from them was dirty South. And then I went back and listened to the other, like a couple I of, did, I did not listen to dirty South, but, um, this one also has a, uh, St. Vitus cover of angry man on here oh nice i um, love that song but yeah it's uh i've never heard good, that actually good, it's a good cover yeah I like I've, ne- it. I've never heard i that must that might yeah that that skipped by me um uh, i've um, heard uh i heard grief cover that live original grief but i think liz's uh guitar left a pretty lasting impression for people after this like it definitely helped carve out that sound pretty well like if there was going to be a band that does the I hate God sound really well. And I mean, I know I keep saying that, but it's like, I did get a lot of like vibes from them. Like they definitely take that brand of music and do it like pretty perfectly. And it's like, they did it like that for many years. And then they obviously changed up their sound a little bit, you know, more recently. And we'll, and you know, we'll get to that, but like, this is a pretty fucking sick debut. Like if, you know, like it would be, it would be pretty cool to like, find this like a physical copy of this somewhere uh i think my favorite tracks uh i liked gone and intake those are my favorite tracks of the album and and again i don't really have much of like context to provide about like what was going on with this band at the time because there's just not that much out there i mean i'm sure if you like you know really dug around you would probably find some old interviews and whatnot um but you know this that probably was way that's not really super indicative of what they're doing is i'm sure some of this shit's from like you know circa 2002 2005 whatever um but so i don't really know what was going on here you know they're obviously they swapped out um the lineups quite a bit uh t-roy's like the only one that's been in it consistently uh mm-hmm. then they put out will to mangle so this one was not on spotify i had to listen to this one on youtube and this one uh what i think it's pretty interesting because this came out in 2002 and just consider the fact that high on fire surrounded by thieves came out the same year that's pretty fucking wild you know what i mean yeah 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 
And both of those albums have very similar DNA, obviously with like the huge mammoth riffs. Like Sour Vein pretty early on definitely was like, I hate God mixed with, they definitely like the dope smoker riffs, but they like more of the like punchiness that I hate God had. Mm -hmm. I think that Sour Vein, they have that more of that vintage side of the sound, like sleep, as opposed to like the fucking toxic, insane insane mania that pike and george rice made on thieves between the two mm. of them like it's just those dudes just fucking pummel their guitars and there's a little bit not as much of that on here like there's not as many power chords you know what i mean yeah um yeah yeah, yeah. and it, so it's just cool that you can see how the sound is developing in like two different parts of the country you know it's east coast versus west coast doom you know because i i'm assuming that like you know, being on the West Coast, they had all that fucking Bay Area thrash and all that fucking sound. So there always was that like speed element to a band like High and Fire. But over here, I mean, they're mm-hmm. just fucking, they're not chugging along slow as molasses as some uh, other, uh, some of those other bands that would come out of the, the area. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But they still have all of the things that make them uniquely from the Cape Fear region. Yes, well said. Well said. They don't have as many. They they don't have like you know the uh, solos that no no that wouldn't really wouldn't that wouldn't show up but, for a little while you know yeah yep yep but uh as far as the uh, you know the rhythms you 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 nail it right there that sound is just so specific to that area of the yep. country and like yep. the brand of yep. metal that came out of it mm-hmm. there's a uh, Let's see, there's um weed eater, sour vein, buzz oven, buzz oven. Right there, beaten back to pure. That band from there, you know them? No, I don't know them. I think they they're either from there or New Orleans. If not, then they're like, where are they from? Because they have that sound for sure. You know, Toke, obviously, they're much Toke, yep. Much yep. later, later on than them, you know, quite a few years after. has more of a so. stoner. They have more of a stoner influence, though, but more of a Sabbathy influence. But it's still there. That sounds still there. Absolutely. Yeah. Fucking uh, Tim uh, from Toka, all fucked up, but he's doing really well. He's doing um, better. That's good. Yeah, he's doing better. Things are not, you know, the the, the easiest, obviously, for them. But so they're still collecting funds. So if you uh, hear that, go. Hit up that GoFundMe and throw them some way because we love Toke. So anyway, yeah, uh, this album, you know, they're starting to get more into their weird aquatic uh, interests and themes. Uh, again, I think it's such a weird thing for a sludge band, but hey, fuck it. It's working. They're doing their thing. Uh, my, like favorite, my favorite songs off of this one were uh, Sea Merchant and Black Zorlac, which is would be a really cool name for a band or some kind of weird alien. It just sounds like something from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy to me. Huh. Which is what I'm currently reading. Oh, nice. Um, all right, so I'm going to let you talk about this one because you like it so much. Was the they, they put out three EPs, and the first one was Emerald Vulture, which came out in 2005. So I could only find two of these tracks online, like I mentioned before. But that said, these are probably two of their best songs. And those are the uh the title track emerald vulture and what is it when the what the what what the witch witch, what the witch rides out the witch rides out i mean it's like those are like their songs 
that song is so badass. That fucking shit. <laughs> and the artwork is fucking badass. rad too. Oh, it's the vulture. Really he's cool. like looking over his shoulder. He's like painted fucking, green. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that shit is awesome. The uh, I believe there might have been only two more songs on it. Yeah, but they were both quality too. Yeah, they're they're real quality too. Um, I mean, I remember putting it on and being like, "What is this?" And I I put it away for a minute, and then I remember listening to it again and it being like, "Whoa, this!" You know, it's that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then it went for a while. It was like my go-to, like when I'm pissed off. I love to listen to it and loud. Like, cause it's one of those things when you turn it up loud and especially if there's other people that don't, you know, that they'll, they don't like that. There's not people that's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that's, that album kind of has a little bit of a special place. For me. Oh, just want to quickly interrupt uh, and just say that I went on their Instagram, new album coming out next year. Really? Yep. Cool. So expect a Sour Vein album in 2022. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. That'd be, dude, that'd be fucking sick. <laughs> Band's all very fucking They, uh, but, I mean, yeah, that, that's, uh, other than that, it being really my, you know, it, it it's one of the classic Doom albums that has a special place in my heart. You know, it's, uh, definitely goes up there with all of the classics for me. <clears throat> you know, I can't say that it's going to do that for anybody else, but just you know i really like it it's always a thing with eps i feel like people love to when they're talking about music they love to break it be like and then that band put out that one ep and it fucking changed the game i don't know if this album changed the game but it is one of those out those eps you can just throw out and be like this album fucking rules this ep is Mm -hmm. great and i i think that's the power of the ep is that you've got you know, you've really only got a limited amount of time for what you can do. So, and of course it's hilarious now because the average Doom album is four songs, <laughs> you yeah. know? And that's yeah. one thing I'll give them credit for is they can cram a lot of songs into an album and, you know, it doesn't feel like they're really overstaying their welcome. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's probably their like country and hardcore sensibilities coming through you know kind of get <laughs> yeah. you know you know get to the point so to speak but yeah that's definitely like a potent little ep right there it's a very uh impressive uh presentation of an album like it's it's fucking rad and those two songs 100 percent deserve to be in their like you know set list when they play they have a lot of stuff they could be playing in their set list i'm sure they have a pretty specific one but they have they have a pretty extensive uh, amount of material that they could do. Like they could probably, they could easily do a couple of nights just playing a bunch of different material. That did, they did. They, I read they did a, a set where it was just their EPs. Really? Yeah, just the three EPs they released. What? Which I think would be pretty cool. So they actually. did Emerald Vulture. And, yeah. And fuck. Well, in its entirety. I did Emerald Vulture, Ghetto Angel, and Imperial Bastard. And Imperial Bastard? Yeah. In the same set? Yeah, it was just those it was just those albums. Dude, I would have lost my shit. <laughs> oh man, I would have lost my shit. Yeah, where was Dude, that? Dude, Imperial Bastard. Dude, that song Black. What is that song on that? They've got a song called Black Something. 
on imperial uh, on imperial bastard. I think I think it's that. I don't want to sound stupid, but that song kicks ass too. <laughs> uh, Damn. This was in. Let's see. Sour, according to Riffpedia, Sour Vane would be back on the road with a split with Graves at Sea and a tour of Europe with that same band in 2014, leading into festival appearances at Doom over Leipzig and Roadburn Festival. The appearance at the at Roadburn was unique in that it was a curated set of the band playing all the songs from their three EP releases. Oh, Fucking, of course it's at Roadburn. Dude, yeah. Wow. Amazing. Just another piece of amazing music from Tilburg. Holy shit. I gotta get there. Oh my goodness. I know. But yeah, I, I really liked it. I mean, the both of those songs are fucking awesome. Um, and then they did Ghetto Angel in 2008. They did two albums in 2008. Ghetto Angel and Imperial Bastard. Ghetto Angel seemed to have, like, not the hottest reviews from what I could tell, the, the couple that I read. I don't really think there was anything wrong with it. Maybe they just were like, it's time to try out something new. I don't know. I'm trying to think of what the how the how the sound the, the, the well the album they have was. a song on there called Septic Werewolves, which is number one, awesome. <laughs> I don't know what and number two, what is a septic werewolf? Is it a werewolf that comes out of a septic tank? Is it that's like what a, I was thinking? Yeah, like, that's what I was uh, sewer werewolf in the sewer. Oh, uh hmm, I don't know. Someone pooped one. Maybe out. it was a sewer guy that was working down there. How would he get? And he got bit he by a get bit by something. Yeah. But how would a werewolf what, get down there? What if he hides out in the sewer? Because no one will chase him down there. He's like that's uh, true. And he smells like, like shit, so that way people get close to him and be like, no, uh, no. Yeah, he's like this, he's like a skunk ape, but he's a skunk wolf. Yeah, yeah. But he yeah. uh, he's like uh, Ron Perlman from Beauty and the Beast. Lives in the sewers. Oh yeah. Good show. My mom used to watch that show. <laughs> I think a lot of moms watch that show. I think it was on the Hallmark channel. <laughs> Not a frequent uh, channel that I watched as a, as a kid. But yeah, um, and then Imperial Bastard was even tougher. I only heard the one song off of it, the title track, but I thought it was good. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a, that song's great. There's a song in there, I believe. I'm, uh, I hope I'm speaking correctly. But there's a song in there. It's like black something. It's like black breath or something like that. It fucking had one of those, you know, this is a badass fucking sour vein style jam riffs, you know, that's awesome. Oh, you know what? Heavy. I, I don't know what the song sounds like, but one of the songs on Ghetto Angel, I love the title for it, is it's the abbreviation for Do I Look Like I Give a Fuck? Which spells out to Dillagaff. <laughs> huh. I didn't know that. <laughs> I like the the uh, cover art for Imperial Bastard too a lot. It's like a pirate guy. Like pirate yeah, yeah, guy. yeah. It looks like a craft beer label. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's what it looks like to me. That was before that was way before craft beer. Yeah, this was two thousand and eight. You know that? Yeah. Yeah, that fucking there was no craft beer when that came out. I was I was still in high school when this came out. Isn't that pretty insane? Yeah, I believe it. I didn't. I was wait, I was in you... high school. Wait, was I in high school listening to them? Uh, probably. Yeah, I would say probably. What was the 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 track listing for Imperial Bastards? I Vigilante, Shipwrecked, Imperial Bastard, and Fourth Wind. I don't see anything about Shipwrecked. Oh, it might have been Shipwrecked. 
Maybe that's the song. I don't know. There was it a song matter. that there's another uh, there's another uh, sour. Oh, you know what? You might be thinking of this. Sour Vane did a split with a band called the Blood Island Raiders, and their song was called Black Cloud Revelations. Oh, that's the shit. That's the shit. <laughs> that's the shit. Yeah. That right, song's I'll got some fucking. It's got some. Uh, I think it's got. I think that's one of those riffs. You know. Uh, so then that brings us to their album Black Fangs, which is came out in 2011. Oh no, you know what? Fuck me. That's the, what I'm thinking of. Black oh, you're Fangs. Just thinking of the album. Yeah, that's the whole album. Yeah, yeah. That album's great. The album was really good. It was dynamic as fuck. It felt fucking yeah. huge. I couldn't figure yep. out who produced it, but it was fucking really good. It had a uh, yeah. There's there's a bunch of good songs on that. That yeah. Dang. Yeah, it's just a really great balance between the pummeling riffs and weird distortion and just like general fuckery with the guitars. There's a definitely that like I hate God feedbacky, a lot of that going on, you know. Using feedback as an instrument, as I'd like to say. Oh yeah, and like you know, I always just think of grief and like what they did with that sound and how you like manipulate it and control it and really shape it into a new form. We all mm-hmm. learned it's just like essentially fucking noise. Um, my favorite track off this was probably Bleeding Charm. I really like that nice. one. Which brings us to their last album that came out coming up on six years ago uh, soon. Uh, Aquatic Occult came out in 2016. I don't know how you feel because this is this definitely felt pretty far away from like their original sound and where they were as a band, but I thought it was like the right progression for them. Uh, definitely moved a little out of this like just the harsh aggressive sludge and putting a bit more melody in their music. Like I definitely felt like they took some notes from Crowbar because Crowbar has some of those songs that are a bit more melodic and have that like that sense of that, that croony kind of sensibility to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And like full on just embracing the aquatic imagery, which to me, again, just seems kind of hilarious. Like they're just not dudes that I associate with the ocean, but whatever. And there's parts of it that are just straight up like psychedelic as opposed to sludge, which is great. I mean, it's just such like a nice added sound. And I don't know. And this was the one that you said was produced by Mike Dean. Yes, sir. I think that explains it. I think Mike Dean pushed them in a completely correct uh, direction with this. He definitely lent a good hand to it. So I, I'm I'm wondering if they're going to be working with him again for the new one because I thought I thought this one was uh, probably their best album. It's the one that I like the most. You know, as I'm looking at it, Cape Fear is a short town. You know, I guess that it makes is a sense. beach. It's a beach. Te- it's a beach community. That so is true. Possibly, you know, there that you have to uh, think that that plays into it a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I guess I just think of like the Pacific Northwest and and you know, like Maine and stuff like that being like you know your the the true and Boston being like the true coastal towns, but you 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 know. Everyone's got it. Not everybody, but a lot. They all these other states have a coast, and there's going to be that culture that grows up around there. So yeah, it does make sense. All in all, 
I guess compared to the rest of the bands that are singing about like, I mean, it's not like they don't sing about like depression and drugs, but like, you know, I just feel like most of like, well, you know, obviously Buzz Oven, but I feel like just like so many like of those bands spend a lot of their time talking about either like just completely bizarre, weird shit. Like that's not even like conceptual in nature. It's just like bizarre because they all have like that weird Southern humor or that Southern spit on things or they're just talking about like doing heroin mm. <laughs> okay, yeah <laughs> there's a there's a definite criteria when it comes to being a sludge band from the south and the criterias often involve hard drugs which alcohol. Uh, <laughs> alcohol. a lot of alcohol and uh you know it's the bands i think that that push through that a little bit that those and and you know start writing about other things are are the ones i'm more apt to listen to you know mm-hmm. even i hate god doesn't do that shit anymore it's interesting too just because they're it's not like talking about like substance abuse and addiction is anything new to music it's just I don't think, I guess like Lou Reed made it seem like this romantic endeavor, you know, like you Mm. can talk about doing heroin in like a very artistic manner or whatever. And this is just like talking about, it's not, I mean, it's it's artistic, you know, in the way that it is art, you know, in the way that music is art, but it's not putting on any kind of uh, airs about it, what it is. I, I think it's pretty real when they, when these bands do dive into their, you know, talking about their, talking about their feelings and how fucking horrible they feel. And that's just how they got to get it, you know, get it out there. It's just a way different approach than what I think, you know, we're kind of used to, used to seeing uh, in like more mainstream, like rock and roll. And obviously it's like not really the most uh, (laughs) attractive or more marketable things, but Hey, Sourvein's been able to do a pretty good job and it doesn't seem like it, like you know the extensive touring and all that has really kind of like held them down in any way shape or form like they just keep the band going people want to be in the band they want to keep it going you know they know they have like they know they got fans out there they're not shooting their toes off and <laughs> getting <laughs> shows canceled and whatnot yeah this album rules i i do more of this Sourvein, if you're listening you're, I don't know. You have to. You're gonna have to pay at least three dollars to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested to hear about, or I'm, I'm curious to hear about what kind of turn they're, they're gonna take for newer music. You know, if it's gonna be, you know, a little bit of a continuation of this, you know, aquatic, uh, aquatic occult. Is that what it's called? Yeah, aquatic occult sound. Or if it's going to be something new or, you know, old mm-hmm. return to form, slow ass, fucking nasty, grimy shit. Who knows, you know? Um, whatever it is, I guarantee you, I'll be listening to it because it's probably going to be fucking awesome. Oh, I'm absolutely listening to it. There's already some pretty cool shit coming out next year. New Big Scenic Nowhere. Uh, mm-hmm. New Mismore. Voivod. Author and Punisher. Blood Incantation, oh. fucking Crowbar. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. New Crowbar uh, song. That's good. 
I haven't peeped the video it for it. Oh, dude, watch it with the video because it's pretty brutal. They they didn't pull no punches with the imagery. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> All right, I'll check it out. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, my favorite tracks off of Aquatic Occult were uh, I, I liked a lot of it. There were a lot of really good songs. Uh, Octopus, Mermaids, Cape Fearian, High Tide. They're all bangers. It's a really my, my great favorite thing. Avian, what's it called? Avian Dawn. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that song, Avian Dawn. That's probably honestly, that's that song's gonna go right next to Emerald Vulture. And it's weird because they don't sound anything alike. They sound like two different bands. If I was to play somebody that didn't listen to any of this shit, if I was like to play them the title track from Emerald Vulture, and they'll be like, oh my God, what is that? Like, you know, like everybody would. But, uh, and then I play them, you know, Avian Dawn, they would, they would probably like be like, it's two different bands, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, I mean, this is crazy. It's a, it's a 40, it's an almost 45 minute long record and there's 14 songs on it. It's pretty crazy. Huh. And the longest song <laughs> is four minutes and 20 seconds long nice uh yeah that, that's yeah. that to me is very impressive that they you know that they did uh they were able to put out an album you know traditionally is much like shorter in terms of track length uh you know track size but mm -hmm. much longer song structure and whatnot and mm -hmm. this is a lot these songs like move along at a nice clip a couple of them are like you know interludes and and whatnot but it's still cool and I like the album cover. Uh, it kind of, you know, I don't know why, but something about it, and it's probably just because of the like aquatic theme, like made me think of Ween. But I, they don't obviously they don't sound anything like Ween. But hmm. it would be kind of funny if they like opened for Ween. <laughs> All the I don't Ween think, fans. I don't think all the Ween would fans like it. what the fuck. No, I don't think they would either. But no, it would be funny. I would be into it. Um, well, that's Sour Vein. That's yeah. our, that's Indie our merch first. Store. I'm huh? sorry. Indie oh. Merch Store has a blue, has a blue aquatic occult for $21. That's not too bad. No, I want to buy this. Shit. I got, I can't, I can't afford it. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Resist. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so that's uh, Sour Vein. That was our first episode of the of the Patreon uh, where we talk about bands and talk about other bullshit. Uh, hope you enjoy. We'll put in some more details uh, here uh, about social media and whatnot. We'll drop that in or maybe we'll just put all that in the beginning. I don't know yet. We're still I'm still figuring this part out. And uh, but yeah, stay tuned. Um, the all the uh, Patreon bonus episodes will be dropping at the first of every month. Um, and so the next episode will come out February 1st. And that episode uh, will be, uh, August will be returning as the guest uh, commentator on it. And we will be discussing the band Dead Beto. So until then, that'll do it for this additional chapter of the diary. <laughs> additional chapters. Thank you for becoming a Patreon member. Yes, thank it you. It means a lot. You, it means a lot. If you are subscribed and listening to this and enjoying it, thank you very much. And uh, we'll figure out shout outs and we'll get all that 
uh, squared away or whatever, you know, we're going to be doing. Um, so we'll make y'all fucking happy and not let you down and scream at me when I let you down with subpar content. All right. Uh, until next time. time we saw warhorse they opened up for electric wizard on dope throne tour and there was another there was a local there was two local bands and then warhorse and the other band electric wizard and uh long story short war warhorse was awesome and then uh after the <laughs> show we were smoking weed down in the basement so i could go on about it for like a real but uh we were uh, smoking like bowls just down in the basement, just smoking like in the hallway or whatever. And uh, the dude, he looked like <laughs> he looked like our friend Beavis. Um, and Beavis is like a picture of Beavis from the show, but uh, in uh, human form and uh, fat. Not not super fat, you know what I mean? But like pretty pretty chunky, chunky you know? dude. Chunky Beavis, yeah. Um, and uh, Beavis had like this big. Even had the big like hair that came up like that, you know what I mean? Like Beavis, oh, Beavis. Yeah. but uh, this guy looked like Beavis, and um, he was just like, you know, just turned around and saw us, and was just like, bah, bah. then we just started talking. And uh, I remember him saying a lot of cool things. He said, because we, I remember we said, because at this time we were watching Electric Wizard upstairs, and then we were like, let's go, for some reason, we were like, let's go leave Electric Wizard playing and go downstairs and smoke and then we that's when we met todd and we were smoking and he, we were, he was talking about being on on uh, tour with electricism and remember him saying it's usually a flip-flop like every night mm -hmm. one of the bands is way good one of the bands is like better than the other one you know what i mean and that night it was fucking warhorse warhorse crushed it it was amazing pete threw up in the garbage can and Kyle passed out, and it was just fucking amazing. <laughs> and then we went back up and finished watching Electric Wizard and stuff. It was, and they were really good, obviously. You know what I mean? They played like mm -hmm. we got to see like Witchfinder and like all these great songs. That was the second time we saw the Wizard. And then I remember one of the guys from the first opening band. He like gave us shit because we were like down there smoking. And then I remember like the next time we saw Wizard. We were smoking with them, and then he showed up, and <laughs> it was the same dude, and we got to, like, kick him out of the room. You know what I mean? It was pretty awesome. He was like, I remember him asking, because I was like, damn, this dude looks familiar. And then he <laughs> asked, and then he asked Mark, he was like, do you remember um, the name of his shitty band, which I don't remember right now, Kung Pao? They were called Kung Pao, like the chicken. And he was like, uh, he was like do you remember Kung Pao? He was like, and Mark's like just all drunk. He's like, fucking, not even fucking. Yeah, man, it was crazy seeing all those shows back in the day.
It's like nobody gave a shit about the music, and there's only 30 people at these shows. 